Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It is Monday. March 21st, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. And we are going to continue our study through the book called Image Bearers, um, diving into chapter four today. And it's titled Racial Reconciliation and the Gospel. So this is where we're going to be spending our time today and for the next few weeks. If you guys haven't had a chance to read this book, I encourage you to pick it up. It's on Amazon. It's called Image Bearers by Herbie Newell, who is our executive director. Great book, um, and it's a joy to lead our staff through this over the next few weeks together as we dive deeper. So chapter four today, and really be looking at the topic of racial reconciliation in the gospel. And I wanted to start by just looking um, through those those boundaries, intentional or unintentional, that we may have in our, in our lives. And I know for my family and I, we are actively having conversations about fencing in our backyard do we want to build a fence do we not want to build a fence and really what are the uh what is the purpose of a fence and that's to to block a view um to keep something in or to keep something out and i think you know as we have these discussions as a family as to where do we want to put it do we want to put it right on our property line do we want to move it a little closer to the house um the whole intent of that fence for us as a family is to get more privacy. We want to be able to to spend time in our backyard without being so close to neighbors and block out um, unwa- unwanted views and unwanted conversations to give privacy for my, my family. But I think even beyond that fence, beyond physical fences, I think we all have things in our life and walls and barriers they're, they're not made of wood or picket fences or stone or whatever they may be, but they're personal obstructions that are blocking people um, from each other and from God. They're, they're obstructions keeping those relationships apart, keeping those conversations apart, um, and ultimately keeping God um, from working in those situations. But I think where we dive in this morning and what we need to spend our time and focus and hopefully um, kind of reset ourselves is to reflect on the scriptures and the work of Jesus Christ and to not forget that he came to break down those walls, to remove those walls, to tear down those partitions that are separating us from God and to break down those barriers that keep us from one another. Because through his death and his resurrection, he's opened a way for us to have eternal life and to bring all those who believe all those who believe into the family of God. It doesn't matter um, of status or skin color. All people um, who believe into the family of God. And this is what Ephesians chapter 2 says in, in verse number 14. He says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the defining wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace. And if you pick picking up so far in two verses, he said peace in both 14 and in 15. 
Verse 16 says this, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore killing hostility. So he is bringing peace through Jesus, and it comes through what he has done on the cross. That peace that we are looking for as individuals, that peace that we're looking for as a nation. And when we see the media and we see the hostility and we see the separation that's happening between races all across the news, let's understand that this hostility can come to an end through the cross. It is through Jesus. Christ has destroyed those barriers. And we're going to look in a minute um, at what at what he's done um, as he's created us in Psalm 139 and how he shaped us and how those barriers can be, be overcome. But let's assure ourselves that we are keeping Christ at the center and it's not us at the center. It's not our own motivations and our own preferences, but it is Christ that is at the center. And through him, we will find peace. And I don't think it's really a fresh reminder for us if you ever travel um, nationally or internationally, when you when you come in contact with somebody who is a believer, how there's a kindred spirit, how there's just a natural um, gravitation, and it feels like you've known each other for your entire life because of your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ. When Jesus is working in us and through us, we find such connection with believers. You know, I was actually in in um, a big box store the other day, and I heard some people that had just struck up a conversation in the vitamin aisle. And they began to talk about, um, I heard them say, are you a believer? Yes, I'm a believer. We're both believers. And then they started talking about where, where do you go to church? Where do you worship? And they just began to, to find this, um, this friendship in the middle of the vitamin aisle. But I think that's just not an isolated incident. I think we see that over and over again um, of, of believers that have a kindred spirit with one another because it is Christ that brings that unity. It is Christ that brings, brings that hope. Um, and it's because of what he's done on the cross. So we, we have that reconciliation. We have that true relationship with God and with each other because of Christ's death. And that is how we find, find unity um, in the kingdom of God. You know, there, there are many barriers that, that could divide us on, you know, from status, um, you know, to upbringing, to location, but race is one of those things that is um, very, very divisive. And I, th- and I think we we stifle Christ's love when we befriend those people who just look like us or maybe who have just similar characteristics or likes of, of you know, that we may have and biases that we may have just because we're comfortable in these certain lanes. Guys, we don't need to stifle what the Lord is doing in and through us because we don't want to befriend somebody that looks different. We have to be intentional to reach out out of our comfort zone, to cross the divide, to work um, to work with people that are different from us. So Christ has knocked down those barriers and he has unified all believers into one family and it is through him and the cross and the Holy Spirit that unites these believers. And I think it's easy as a as a ministry like Lifeline, that we could probably go to Psalm 139 and, and we could easily talk about how he has, has formed us and created us because we go to this scripture a lot um, to advocate for life in the womb. And I think it's 
it is so important for us to to acknowledge that that life in the womb is truly that it is it is life it is creation that the lord has made but it doesn't stop there it says there in verse number 6 16 that your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them so even before there were days when the lord was creating us he knew all of the days for us and each one of those days is a precious gift from our father you know he created us he he knew us um, each one of us were image bearers of jesus christ doesn't matter the color the color of our skin the way in which we were shaped and created, we were image bearers of our Lord and Savior in the womb. But even beyond the womb, He knows our days, and every one of those days is is created in Him and for Him. So how are we leveraging life beyond the womb? How are we utilizing um, our opportunity to bridge that gap, to view every believer as an image bearer of Jesus Christ. Are we getting out of our comfort zone? Are we bridging that gap, reaching reaching out to others who are different? That's where these blessings can come from. Verse, verse, the first few verses of Psalm 139 say this, Oh Lord, you have searched me and know, know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path from my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before the word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Guys, the Lord knows all things. And if that's true, may our prayer be how this this chapter rounds out. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If we have um, aspects of our life where we are not viewing life as precious, that we are not looking at our brothers and sisters um, as image bearers of Jesus Christ. God, search us. Know our hearts. If there's any way in us that is grievous, Lord, forgive us of that. Lead us in the way everlasting. Help us to find hope and redemption in who you are as our Heavenly Father. So we know that this reconciliation is because it's because of the gospel. It's because of what Christ has done for us. And in Galatians 3.28, he says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You belong to Christ when you were Abraham's seed, and you were heirs according to the promise. Because it is because of the reconciliation through the gospel that we have hope. And if that's the case... How are we characterized? If we know that and we're living that, are we truly characterized by love? Romans chapter 12 talks about characteristics of love, and it says this in 12.9, love must be sincere. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. It says down in verse 16, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud and willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil, 
but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Guys, as believers, we should be characterized by love, a sincere brotherly love, and honoring one another, living in harmony with one another, and displaying peace. You know, this is this is a, a great reminder for us as to what is what is heaven going to look like. You know what what will we be doing um, when we are all all together? Because if we know that we are all image bearers of Christ, that each one of us is created in His image, you know, stop and think about the diversity that we will encounter when this life on earth has, you know, is ceasing to exist. And we are coming together as believers in heaven. And this is what um, this is what the book Image Bearers says on page sixty. It says, "If racism is in our hearts, then we have hatred against an image bearer of God. If we don't like diversity and don't appreciate the different skin tones and skin shades that God has created, and we don't love the ethnic diversity of our world." then we will hate heaven. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, talks about how God created people groups in order to form his kingdom. This is what it says in in Revelation chapter 7, verses 8, I'm sorry, verses 9 and 10. And after this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What a beautiful picture Revelation chapter 7 gives us of what heaven will look like. The diversity and skin tones and skin shades um, of what heaven will be a time of worship that will just continue to be um, to be celebrated for eternity salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb guys heaven is going to be a place of diversity it's going to be a place of of believers that may not look like us that may not worship the way um, that we are comfortable worshiping here, um, you know, on earth. But I think we all need those reminders of what it's like um, to worship with brothers and sisters who are different from us. You know, and I think as we as we look at the news and the media now and we see what's happening in our world with, with war and with conflicts, um, how we see people from different races, different backgrounds, different languages that are all worshiping the Lord in the midst of trial and in the midst of conflict. And and I think as we see um, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and the church come together in a time of, 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 of stress, a time of uncertainty, a time of a war, but we see them gathering together, singing their praises before our Heavenly Father, um, 
and just trusting Him for their next breath. And I think this is so encouraging for us as believers to be reminded of what heaven will be like. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every race will be there together, gathered around the throne, singing in in um, in their native languages to worship our, our God and to know this is what we're seeing happen around our world um, now. We're not all together, but worshiping our King and worshiping our Father. Um, so let's let's end our time together. Um, with, with this thought on um, on racism. I think it's so powerful um, and it's taken, it's taken from our book, Image Bearers, and this is what it says. We must despise and be as grieved about racism as we are about abortion because the issues are the exact same. They both devalue a person made in God's image because we have to be just as bothered about racism in our nation as we are about abortion because they're both devaluing somebody that was created in the image of God. Let us um, break down those fences. Let us break down those barriers that we have built up around us to keep us in our, in our zone, um, in areas that we're comfortable with. And let's remember that Jesus came to tear down those partitions that separate us, to bring us together, to bring hope of the gospel and the healing of the gospel together um, so that we could become one family of God. So let's dwell on that this week. Let's focus on those barriers. Let's break them, break them down and remember the glorious celebration that heaven will be for us um, when, when, the, when Christ returns. Today, we're going to close our time in prayer and specifically praying for um, our post-adoption team this week of just um, the work that they do to support our families um, as they navigate post-adoption. Because the journey's real. The journey's hard on the back end. The the journey's difficult as you face situations that you're just, you're, you're not confident about. You don't understand so let's pray for these families that are in the post-adoption phase. Let's also pray for our post-adoption um, team um, and, and pray for them as they give guidance and um, advice and counsel to these parents. But let's also pray for these children um, that are struggling, that are adapting. Um, it may be adapting to life in America. It may be understanding their adoption story. Um, but let's pray for these kids too um, as they adjust into the life with an adoptive family and understanding their adoption story. So let's pray. God, we are so thankful that you have um, allowed our ministry to grow, to develop a post-adoption support team. God, you have given us so many great counselors and caseworkers, parent coaches, um, bridge tutors, leadership teams, administrative teams that are all playing a role in supporting these families and these children across the nation. So God, we pray for these conversations. We pray for these current clients and these past clients that they're serving. God, give them wisdom and discernment. Lord, give them time to to study and to grow in their knowledge so that they can help these families even at a deeper level. 
I pray for wisdom for these these social workers and parent coaches and caseworkers as they invest in these families um, during the hard times. Lord, give them the confidence that they need to invest deeply. And Lord, through it all, may they continually point them back to you as their hope. God, I pray for these families that are in these difficult situations that are living it day in and day out with children in their home who may not want to be there. Um, God, I pray for endurance. I pray for peace. I pray for the local church to be able to support them. Lord, for for families and friends to truly understand um, how they can support this family, to jump into the the hard things. Um, Lord, I just pray for friends to surround these families. Um, Lord, give them respite care. Give them a break. Lord, give them a date night. Just give them time as a couple to remain strong in the midst of chaos. Um, so Lord, we pray for these adoptive and foster families um, that may just need a break. And Lord, um, lastly, I pray for these kids. Um, I pray that you, um, Lord, soften their hearts. Lord, help them to adjust and adapt and embrace their life um, as an adoptee. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose in there for their lives. And God, I just pray that they are able to see that through you. So God, I pray for all of these things and ask them in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.